0: All right, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I am Vince Quinn, and you know it's it's the NBA season. It's been rolling for a while, and you've had the Super Bowl and like Tom Brady throwing trophies off a boat. So th- there's been a lot of distraction away from the NBA. But we got to talk about the NBA. There's been so much great stuff going on. And joining us to talk about it from the NBA Analysis Network, Brett Siegel's on the show. What's going on, Brett?
1: Hey, Vince, glad to join you tonight.
0: Yeah, happy to have you. So uh, let's just start with this, right? For the people, because for some of the people, they're they're kind of knocking out the cobwebs here a little bit and getting into the NBA. So at this point of the season, what's been the biggest story so far?
1: I would have to say the biggest storyline is definitely the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks have been struggling lately, and I don't think anybody can deny that. You look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, the defending two-time MVP of the league and the reigning defensive player of the year, and you look at them as a whole, yeah, they're 17 and 13. They're still very much in the championship conversation in the Eastern conference, but the last few games without Drew holiday, this team has just looked out of sorts. Our offense, everybody's just standing around and it's basically, let's give the ball to Giannis and let's see what he can do, which is fine because you know, Giannis is going to go out. He's going to give you a double double every night, but, they don't have really anybody else that could score for them. They, teams have taken away Chris Middleton. He has not looked like himself this year. They have some shooters in Bryn Forbes, Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Augustine even, who could knock down some shots from the perimeter. But everybody just stands there watches Giannis. And you, you could even see the other night when they played the Toronto Raptors, The Raptors were fine with that because Giannis would drive in the paint. They'd put four guys on him. He'd have nowhere to go. And worst comes to worst, they foul him, and Giannis is really, really not that good from the free throw line this year. I think he's shooting around 60%, maybe upwards of 70%. So he's really struggled there. So there's really nothing going for this team. They were one of the best offensive teams last year, one of the best defensive teams, one of the best all-around teams in the NBA. And this year, they've just really struggled to find a groove. Yes, they are 17 and 13. They're still very much in the conversation for the 1C out east, which Philadelphia currently has. And they are very much still in the conversation to make the NBA finals at this point. But if they are going to be that true championship team, like they promised that they were going to be the Giannis, this team really needs to figure things out because I, I really don't think Drew Holiday is the player that's going to carry them over the edge to make the NBA finals. When you look at some of these other teams like 76ers who have Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, they have that big trio. The Nets have their all-star superstar trio with KD, James Harden, and Kyrie. And then you look at the Bucks. Yeah, they have Giannis, they have Middleton, they have Holiday, but Outside of Giannis, are either of those two guys really going to replicate any of the production that some of these other teams in the East have? And right now, the answer is simply no, and they really need to figure that out if they're going to have a shot to make the NBA Finals.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Do you think they'll figure it out?
1: I think that's the million-dollar question right now because last year we looked at them in the bubble. We thought that they were going to be the clear front runner in the East, and out of nowhere, the five-seed Miami Heat came out and won. And the Bucks did not look like themselves, so it, it, it's really kind of up in the air at this point. Mike Budenholzer was kind of on the hot seat last year after uh, up and down season. Yeah, they had one of the best records in the NBA. They were the clear one seed in the East. But at times, their offense was the problem. It was mostly give the ball to Giannis and everyone else. Get out of the way. This guy's going to lead us to the promised land. Maybe he will. Maybe he will deliver them a championship. Maybe he can go for 50 points a night. It's possible. Is it feasible in their system? Probably not. I mean, Drew Holiday is a great player great, great player. He's an all-star caliber player. Chris Middleton, he's also an all-star caliber player, but he has struggled this year. So ultimately, this team does not have the offensive weapons right now to be able to win a championship. So as things stand right now, looking at the East and the amount of solid teams that there are, and even at the top, the amount of great talent there is with the 76ers, the Nets, even the Celtics and the Pacers, no, I simply do not see them having a shot to win a championship this year just because you cannot give the ball to Giannis and expect him to go out and win games, especially when we see how much offense is in the league today with teams putting up 120, 130 points, and Nets even putting up 140 points without Kevin Durant. So it's really not feasible to think that this Bucks team can go out there and depend on Giannis to score and make every single play for them, especially when he's struggling as much as he is from the free throw line.
0: So let's talk about the Nets, because you do bring up the Nets there, and obviously they go and bring in James Harden. Massive deal for them to go and get him. He was massive at the time, physically. (laughs) And uh, now that he's lost some weight and been with the Nets for a couple of weeks, what do you make of the whole pairing?
1: I think this is going to go down as the best trade in NBA history, not just by the Brooklyn Nets, but the best trade ever, because you look at the star power that they have on this team. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving alone had a shot coming into the season to win a title. The Nets were one of the betting favorites in the East, and a lot of people's picks, a lot of analysts' picks, to win the NBA Finals coming out of the Eastern Conference, even over the likes of the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But when you look at the Nets as a whole, now with James Harden, you can't really defend them. Because if you with, even without KD, let's look at this. Without KD, they still have Kyrie Irving and James Harden, who can easily go for 30-plus, even 40-plus points a night, and then their bench really isn't that bad either. Joe Harris, who is a starter for them, is a fantastic three point shooter, shooting over 50% this year. Jeff Green has been an excellent substitute big man for them because he's not really a center, but he's been playing that role perfectly because of his physicalness and the pain and just being strong over all his opponents. Timothy Luolo Cabrero has been a fantastic addition for them off the bench. Landry Shamet, DeAndre Jordan, Bruce Brown, all these guys are key role players that have really stepped up for this team, and that's where this difference lies. Yeah, they have Durant, they have Irving, they have Harden. Those guys are going to give you probably 90 to 100 points combined every single night when they're healthy. But it's these other guys that are going to make an impact, especially without Karis LeVert, especially without Jared Allen, especially without Spencer Dinwiddie. Those guys aren't there anymore. But these guys are really stepping up in Jeff Green, Joe Harris, Landry Shammie. They're giving this boost to this team where the superstars of the Nets and KD, Irving, and Harding can say, you know what? These guys can knock down shots and take a lot of weight off us. And it's really been working this year. And I think the best thing for them is that Kevin Durant and Kyrie have missed games this year because it gives – All these other role players, a chance to not only prove their worth, but it gives them the chance to work with one of these superstars one-on-one in games, whether it's Harden dishing out assists to them during games, or whether it's Irving being the lone superstar playing that day. It really makes for this team to come complete and really be a great basketball team like they are.
0: So we're talking with Brett Siegel of the NBA Analysis Network, and let's go, because we're talking about the East so much right now, let's keep it there and... Let's go to the Sixers because Embiid put up 50 points the other night. He's been playing out of his mind this year. Right now is Joel Embiid the MVP. I think
1: he has to be. I, I really don't see any argument where Joel Embiid is not the MVP. You just look at the Sixers team from last year compared to this year. Not only the jump that Embiid has made in his game now, averaging over 30 points, 11 rebounds, and he's even making an impact on the defensive end of the court, averaging just over a block per game. But it's this overall feel that this team is better than it has been. Tobias Harris is playing at a much better level. Ben Simmons is a triple double machine at times this year. Shake Milton has been great off the bench for them. Seth Curry's knocking down shots. I really think the only issue with this team at times is that they can become stagnant when indeed either misses the game or is on the bench because the plus minus differential between this team when he's on the floor when he's off the floor is very vast. And yeah, that can be expected because he is your MVP. He's their MVP player. He's the MVP frontrunner right now. But this team really needs to figure out things with their perimeter shooting, mainly on the wing. You look at Danny green, he's shooting 38.1% this year, but at times he has those really big slumps where he just starts missing shots. And he's a major liability out there on the court. Seth Curry has missed some time this year. Shake Milton is currently out. So when you're missing those perimeter shooters, and they have Embiid, Harris, and Simmons on the court, this team really becomes kind of a 1v1 style team, which is fine because all three of these guys are more than capable of going one-on-one. But it brings up that same question that we were kind of asking with the Bucks: of, is that can you win with that? Is that possible to win? Can they attack one-on-one every single possession like Joel Embiid does? He kind of gets to that mid-post area and and works his magic against smaller defenders or guys that just don't have their hands up. So it's going to be interesting to watch moving forward with the Sixers and their chances to win an NBA championship. I mean, Joel Embiid is playing on another level right now, just in the month of February. He's averaging over 35 points per game, over 10 rebounds a game. His player efficiency rating is higher than almost anybody else this month in the NBA. And even for the season, he leads in player efficiency rating and over the past five years in MVP voting, the winner of the MVP award has led the league in player efficiency rating, so that's a very important statistic and measure to watch throughout the season. He's been jockeying back and forth with Nikola Jokic all season long of who's leading in that category, but he's definitely the MVP front runner right now. In my mind, I just don't see how you can you can make an argument for other people. I just don't see how you can't say that he's been playing better than them.
0: And last question for you is going over to the Western Conference. The Jazz are 24-6. and six. Uh, What's going on with the Jazz, and and what makes them so great?
1: The Jazz are a really good basketball team, and they have been for years. They just recently changed their system last year with the NBA restart in the bubble, and I think that time off may have been the best thing that could have ever happened to this franchise. They were a great team before the shutdown last year in the Western Conference, but when they came back, this team just looked at Different. They were missing Bojan Bogdanovic, which definitely hurt their chances. And you could ultimately see in the bubble, it really hurt them because they didn't have that other go-to option on the perimeter or that other veteran playmaker. But Donovan Mitchell elevated his game. Jordan Clarkson started playing better. Mike Conley started playing better and everything just started clicking for this team a little bit. They, they adapted more to a perimeter oriented style like we've seen with the Houston Rockets over the years where it's kind of that 3 and D mentality, go down the court, quickly score in 7 to 10 seconds and then get back on defense, which they're more capable of doing. Donovan Mitchell has elevated himself into an NBA superstar regardless of what anybody says about him. He is an NBA superstar right now and deserves the all-star recognition that he's playing at this year. Jordan Clarkson as well is playing out of his mind mind, maybe, maybe an all-star, most likely not because of how many good players there are in the West, but he's definitely the, the six-man-of-the-year candidate right now, the leading six-man-of-the-year candidate. Mike Conley's missed some time, but he just recently came back, and he looks like he hasn't missed a step. And then you have your defensive player-of-the-year candidate, Rudy Gobert. The guy's won the award before, and he's an all-star. He's one of the best centers in the league. He's more than capable of blocking shots for you, and just all around, this team is deep They can shoot threes, they can score on you in a blink of an eye, and they have that superstar talent that they need in Donovan Mitchell. So there's really nothing not to like about this team. And honestly, when you watch them, it's hard not to root against this team because a lot of these guys were counted out against, and they're all playing with a chip on their shoulder. None of these guys were really big-time picks. Like, yeah, they have some first-round picks in Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, But, like, you look at this roster, and it's like they don't have – that signature star, number one pick, and numerous top picks on their team. They have a bunch of guys that have been counted out over the years and guys that aren't really appreciated around the league. Even their head coach, Quinn Snyder, has been a guy that had to fight a lot of times for his job and earned the recognition he has, and now he's going to be coaching in the All-Star game for the Utah Jazz, something that hasn't been done since, I think, the mid-70s or 80s. Even Jerry Sloan didn't coach in the All-Star game, and that's a big deal. He was a fantastic coach for the Jazz. So this accomplishment for the Jazz early on in the season, Queen Snyder, definitely they have to be proud of it, but this is definitely not their peak, and this is not the best basketball that we can see from the Jazz yet. They still have a lot more to give, and I think that we're going to see an even better Jazz team in the second half of the year.
0: All right. Well, there he is, Brett Siegel from the NBA Analysis Network. Brett, thanks so much, man.
1: I appreciate it, Quinn. Thanks for having me on.